Welcome in another Garage Talk podcast with Jason Allen. First time on the Truthful Couch. We're going to see how this goes. This ought to be fun. And uh, I have uh, some wonderful folks over here. I have Nathan and Jan Olson. They are involved in some great things, uh, involved in uh, sleep and heavenly peace. And uh, let's just give people a quick overview of uh, what sleep and heavenly peace is before we do the deep dive into the rest of it. Hi there, I'm Nathan. Uh, just want to quickly go through this. Um, so at Sleep in Heavenly Peace, what our mission is, is to make sure that no kid sleeps on the floor in our town. And how we do that is we work with the community. A lot of this, everything we do is based on the support of the community. Without that, uh, none of this would be possible. So through monetary donations, uh, bed materials, and just people donating their time is how all this works. So once we have... Um, the build material bed materials the lumber and whatever money we need then we organize what we call our build days and we'll kind of get into that later on more detail of what that is but pretty much we have tools and wood set up for the community to come out and volunteers show up on the day of the build a lot of these people have no prior building or construction experience and we have coaches available that know the process of building beds so it's kind of like an assembly line. There's a station set up for each phase along the process of building these bed frames. So at the end of the day, we uh, end up, we start the day with raw lumber. And at the end of the day, we have these sturdy, I call them rustic um, bed frames, uh, handmade that are ready to go and be delivered into the homes of ki- children. And we are the Josephine County chapter. So our delivery area is all of Josephine County. Once we have the bedding, mattresses, and these bed frames ready to go, then we have uh, families in need of beds. They apply online. Everything is free to the family. So once a family applies, my wife does all the vetting of that. So she contacts the family, understands the need, uh, age of the children, uh, make sure that um, we can deliver to the family. The kids have to be three years old and up in order to receive a bed. And then once we have all of that in place, we get a schedule together of when the family's available. And then again, we call back volunteers that are available to then, we take the beds, we don't just hand them to the family, we actually go into the homes and set these beds up uh, from scratch with the bed frames that were built on the build day, brand new mattresses, brand new bedding. That's one of the criteria we have. Everything we do is brand new because we don't want to bring something into the home that was prior use and uh, possibly bring something into the home that is undesirable so that's the full kind of program in a nutshell is is how we pretty much get kids off the floor uh, in Josephine County kids whatever it is the only criteria for these children is they do not have a bed of their own whether they're sleeping on a couch or sleeping with siblings sleeping with their parents most sleeping on the floor on a pile of clothes whatever it is uh, we've seen all the situations so doesn't matter what it is they don't have a bed we give them a bed for free man we're done i think that's all we need to talk about (laughs) just kidding you're not getting off the hook that easy um okay so we're going to come back to that a little bit later on but i want to know how the two of you got out here to josephine county because we were just chatting briefly before we started recording the podcast and I really don't know a whole lot about you guys. I know that you've volunteered and you've helped us out with our efforts for St. Jude. You've answered phones and, and, um, I was, you know, made aware of what you guys are doing, um, through a few other channels and it's really cool what you guys are doing, which is why I wanted to have you guys over. But like, what's your story? How, how, how come you ended up in Josephine County? Because 
I, I was talking to you, Nathan, what, yesterday, back and forth about tattoos of all things, and you, you mentioned Tennessee. I'm like, wait a second. So how long have you been here? So we've been back here, or I've been back here since 2001. I actually went to high school here in Grants Pass, left to go to college in Portland and told my family I'm never moving back to that hick town anymore. <laughs> if we could count the number of people who have said that, I wonder <laughs> there, what the number oh, would be. It was, it, yeah, there was a mass exodus of high school graduates at that point. But anyway, I, I went to Portland, wound up in, you know, just kind of traveling throughout the country, a couple different homes, and wound up meeting him in um, Wisconsin, Upper Wisconsin and Upper Peninsula, Michigan. So we, you know, got got together. And then what we did is I, I had three children by a previous marriage, so we packed up the girls, and, and I gave him the option of coming. And I said, you know what? I want to go back to Grants Pass. My family lives here. My my parent, my mother at that time was here. Um, she's since passed, but, but she was living here. And I, I kind of saw her getting older and decided I'm missing the last of her life or the end of her life. And I think and, part of that, hun, was um, your dad had moved out to Wisconsin when the girls were born yes. so and then he had passed recently too so that kind of further right set the, that in the ties were not as strong there so um we moved back here after a couple years of of you know bringing the girls out letting them see it and so when we did bring them out here it was in a pop-up trailer with the rider truck leading us and the girls kicking and screaming because they were teenagers or soon to be teenagers and didn't want to leave their home and their friends and all that. So anyway, we wound up moving here, lived in Grants Pass for a couple of years or several years actually till till most of the girls graduated from high school there in Grants Pass as well. And I, I always reminded them that this was my school and this is where the old English building was and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so we eventually decided we wanted to live in the country. We had, he had been uh, raised on a farm and, and I had been pretty rural in, in uh, Wisconsin. So we actually then moved out to Williamson. So we've, lived there for several years um in the meantime i'm a nurse and had worked at the emergency department at three rivers and then um went to the college went to rcc and taught nursing students then so and nathan has worked at evergreen bank since we have moved here so that's 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 us in a nutshell we live in the country and and love the fact that we can barely see any neighbors. And for the people listening and can't see Jan or Nathan right now, they don't have dreadlocks. And I think they both showered in the last 24 hours. So for those of you that think Williams is just that, that is not the case. The other thing is, that was my, my, big, my big gift from him this last fall was a greenhouse. And I have, he spent 
I don't know, we spent weeks setting up this it's, this it, multi-thousand piece greenhouse. Yeah, it's an 8 by 20 greenhouse. It's, it is, but there is not a marijuana or a hemp plant in it. I'm not going to judge you if there is. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. But, but It might be the only one in Williams without that. I so. was going to say that most of the time, you know, if you were to pass a house in Williams and there was a greenhouse, you would just assume or, sure. or think you knew it was in there, but not which the case. Is, which is fine. I mean... The, you know what what people do is their thing but but um yes i love gardening it's been my my great passion this last year so well that's I'm good getting... because there's a lot of great gardeners in williams in the applegate valley at least oh, that's yes. what i've heard oh yes yeah like jen Beautiful. like jan mentioned i i grew up on a farm with um six other siblings so big family um and then went to college actually got an electrical engineering degree at michigan tech and that's kind of around the time I met Jan. And <clears throat> after I got out of college, it was kind of like in order to get a start somewhere with that kind of degree, you have to get on kind of with a bigger company, which means kind of a bigger city. And growing up on a farm in a town of less than 10,000 people, that was just not for me. So um, I knew I could, I could, there are a lot of different things I could do. Um, so when Jan wanted to move to Grants Pass, I just said, go ahead and we'll move there. I will figure out something. And I, I apologize. I, I get a little choked up when I start talking about this, especially when I get into SHP. So just a heads up to your listeners. Um, but then you won't be the first person to get choked up in here, me included. So it's, yeah, it's all good. Usually I have Kleenex, but I don't, we reorganized the garage, even though it doesn't look like it, it looks like a disaster. Cause we're still organizing, which I think everyone is always it's, or still organizing their garage until they're gone, right? But uh, I don't know where they are. So, but Jan just pulled one out of somewhere. So, so we're good. Yeah, um, yeah. That's my goal is to make sure Jason's choked up by the end of this too. So it's possible. I mean, I am a Virgo. So, <laughs> but then, like Jan said, is shortly after we moved here, I um, there was a position at Evergreen that was kind of um, IT, computer stuff, office supplies, equipment, facilities, maintenance that I just applied for and started there and been there for 18 years now and just probably not the first time today i'll mention evergreens because being there and being involved with a nonprofit that's uh very dependent on the community and support and kind of that's what evergreen's all about so kind of add for them but um without that none of this would be possible when we got off the the ground we'll, we'll get mm -hmm. into that and well i think it's for it's sure. cool that you bring them up because they're such a pillar of our community here in grants pass and they have been involved in so many different things and uh awesome for you that you get to work there i imagine because it seems like just a great organization they've they've spent who knows how much money on so many different things and even stuff that people don't even know about and taking care of their customers and when you say people don't even know about sometimes we don't even know about it but our marketing director We'll send out a list occasionally to let us know um, where donations have gone and where support has gone, just so we know as we're getting these requests in, kind of where to where to focus. And we'll see the list, and we're like, just wow, like <laughs> amazed at at everything we do. I think for me, one of the things that really sticks out with where we are right now in the country and consolidation and huge companies, whether it be. Well, I'm not going to mention them. They don't need any extra publicity. We know where people order stuff from and where they shop and, and do some of these other things. But where the bank, so many of the local banks are gone 
and that happened to me. My wife was a casualty when Home Valley Bank got shut down. She was working there. She was eight months pregnant. She was the human resource officer and one of only two people that knew they were going to get shut down when it got shut down. And uh, that's to me, that's really sad that so many of those banks are gone now and you don't have very many options. So in a world where it's all about the big monstrosities, we still have this local bank doing amazing things. And that's one of the things I really think at some point, hopefully it doesn't go away. But if it ever does, it will leave a huge hole in the community. Yeah, ever we've been Evergreen's been here for eighty six years, and what sets us apart is we're a mutual institution, which we are not a stock bank, so we cannot be bought or sold. Our board would have to vote on that, and there's nobody on our board that's ever going to vote to sell Evergreen. So we've been here eighty six years, and we're planning to be here another eighty six years. That's great. Oh, good for you that you were able to find something like that. I know that when you just go for it, I mean, I've had a few people in here who have had stories similar where they just say, you know what, we're going to go and we're not sure what's going to happen when we get there. But how long did it take you to find that job when you moved out here? Uh, it was probably what, eight, 10 months. I actually started my own computer business um, when we shortly after we moved out here, but that was kind of hit or miss, just hard to get your foot in the door. So that really wasn't greatly successful so when this position came up it was it was the perfect fit mm-hmm. and brady yeah. adams was still around when you correct yeah there. brady was the president at yeah. the time yep so you guys get settled here in town you get the girls graduated and and uh how do you end up in a <laughs> situation the, where go ahead jan do you have i was just gonna say in? that's where the tattoo <laughs> the tattoo <laughs> aspect comes in um our oldest, our oldest is a um, an artist and had done really well with her art in high school. At she'd been in competitions in at Grants Pass High School and then actually throughout the valley and won a couple of really prestigious prizes. So <laughs> she decided she wanted to work, spend her life doing art. But she looked at all the different avenues of art and how can I make money and sure enough tattoo was top of the list so anyway um yeah she went to school up in portland and then um worked for tattoo uh two different tattoo parlors within the the um or tattoo shops excuse me within the valley and um had been really successful and quite a good reputation she's a, a very good artist along with that so anyway she had eventually started her own shop and and uh, had a shop in Medford and just did some really cool things with a building that was that was just you know total block building that inside was was just nothing and turned it into an awesome awesome place Anyway, wound up, um, her husband is a picker, you know, like on the show American Pickers. Oh, I love that show. Back when I had TV, I used to watch it. Yep. He, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he lives that life. So he travels throughout the country hauling his big trailer and, and buying and selling all kinds of collectibles. And he's got the coolest stuff. But anyway, because of that and because of the fact that his market is mostly in the Midwest, the central part of the country, uh, he wound up looking at different places to live and they decided to move to Tennessee. So now they're in Chattanooga and uh, she works for a, a, what sounds like a very nice uh, tattoo shop in Chattanooga, in Chattanooga and uh, 
So, and I have, well, I, I don't have zero tattoos, but I, I don't have any decorative tattoos <laughs> at all. Now I'm I curious. Mean, yeah, no face tattoos. Nope, just eyebrows. Just oh, yeah. okay. Did she do that for you? Uh-huh. Very she did. cool. She did. Yeah, we were talking about tattoos yesterday on the morning show. Nathan reached out to me to tell me about her, and it's too bad she's not here because we could we could do a podcast oh, and just have her do the good. tattoo while we're doing the podcast. I'll tell her she she will come. She will be back to visit possibly this fall. Okay. And- well, don't when when she's here. Maybe we should at yeah, least chat. I don't know if you had a chance to look at this her shop in Medford with Salty Dog. I don't know if you had a chance to look at her page, but um, I. I told her that there's no way I would ever get a tattoo, but if for some reason I would ever do that, I mean, absolutely, she would be the only person just, and <laughs> not because of bias, but I'm sure it's hard to get past that, but uh, just her artwork is just outstanding. Yeah, I did yeah. look it up and I found one of, uh, oh, now I'm spacing on her name. What was the old, oldest lady's name on Golden Girls? Estelle Getty was yeah, her, yeah, but was what, her on the show. What was the? Oh. Why, why am I blanking right now? Probably because it's Saturday morning and it's early. <laughs> I was gonna look real quick and pull up a picture yeah, because I, I looked. I was looking. Here you go. So this is the one I sent this to Ashley because it has a, a picture of her with oh. a chain necklace around and it says <laughs> "Stay Gold" on the necklace for the Golden Girls. And why can't we think of her name? I don't know. Who knows. Anyway, the Rose is the only one yeah. that comes to mind. Rose, Rose, Blanche. Blanche? Okay. Um, is Estelle? Is Estelle? No, Estelle. No, Estelle is her real, real name. name. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna. Okay. You guys, you stall. gotta look it up now. Golden. <laughs> we'll stall. This is where I need a producer, but I haven't made it that to, to that level yet to have a Golden Girls cast. Here I'm, we go. Well, Betty White was Rose. Yeah. B. Arthur was Dorothy. B. Rue McClanahan was Blanche. And now I gotta arrow down. Well, how come she's not uh, Blanche? <laughs> Blanche. Not... What was Blanche's? I've always reply, relied on the company of strangers. <laughs> or, or <laughs> she quoted. Can, what was it? One of the. What was the? Yeah, you can see her movie? saying that. <laughs> okay, this is taking far too long for me to find the answer. But here we go. Uh, Estelle Getty, Sophia. Sophia. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. So we had Sophia, okay. Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy. Yeah, huh. that's right. That's this, is just a, this is a younger picture of Estelle Getty, and I think that's why well, she it is doesn't... young. She is. She was the youngest one of well, the no, of all the cast, I believe. So yes, if you go to the Salty Dog Facebook page, you can find her in a tattoo. <sighs> Man, we got sidetracked. <laughs> but the Salty Dog is no more. She right. she is now the, at the page mainline. Is still there, mainline. You can see her work. Yep, you can. That's great. Anyway, but then and then the other two girls, uh, one of them is is a student has been through RCC, U of O, Lane Community College, and is now at Oregon State. So she's touring the state, basically. She is. She is. But she's got an awesome job, and and she's getting an awesome degree. It's an environmental science degree, but it's geography which is weird i mean i i don't really don't know that i know anybody with a geography degree but she wants to make maps and and take like gps signals and and google earth pictures and everything else and construct maps for specialty interesting talk about what she did last summer oh last summer yeah she um she traveled around with the fires 
well, this was last summer. There were very few fires locally, but she Thankfully. worked for a printing. Yes, thank no fooling. Um, she worked for a printing company, and they would haul a trailer, which was a mobile printing company, to these fire camps, and then she would print the maps up for the for the whoever the um, the team leads are would get maps of the areas that they're going into and it was it was topography it was terrain it was you know the type of of whether there were trees or not or boulders or whatever you know are there loose rocks above you that are going to fall she'd make all these maps she they would print them up all night long and then hand them out at five in the morning to the the fire crews when they had their briefings what an interesting job to have. It was. It was really cool. She only got to go on, because she had just started with the company, she only got to go on one of those um, one of those fires. It was the one near uh, south of Roseburg. Oh, they're by Canyonville, right mm-hmm. along the freeway. Yep. And there was some steep terrain in oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she would print up these packets for for the crew and... And uh, it was it was fascinating. Well, now she's doing it on a bigger scale, working for all kinds of companies that need maps of something or, a, you know, like a construction company or something like that. So that's her job, which is really kind of cool. I It's nothing I had ever thought of before. Sure and then my youngest or my, my middle daughter, our um, middle daughter has is a mom and has our the light of our life which is our granddaughter olivia who lives here in grant's pass well good for you that they live here right oh His grandparents yes. oh yes oh yes is Very there going to be so. more or is that i um, i don't know never yeah. do never. not know <laughs> some people get to one and they're like this is all i can I, handle you we're know? at five and i'm like this is all I can handle, but I said that at two, three, yeah. and four. So I hear you. I hear you. No, um, she's she. Her mom is, you know, so grateful because she is an amazing kid. She's got personality <laughs> to beat the band. So, um, yeah, it may be it may be all that Anna can handle as well. Well, at least you have know. one here. That's good. Yes. So empty nesters now, and. Uh, were all the kids out of the house when you moved to Williams or were, did you still have some of them in the house? We had, uh, Teresa was, our youngest was a senior at okay. Grants Pass. And uh, so she moved out there and commuted in um, just for the last year and then graduated and went to RCC and actually lived there for a couple of years while she was at RCC as well, which, which was kind of nice to have her stick around we i wasn't ready to be an empty nester that, that was mom's baby and she couldn't let go <laughs> i you that's know true. it happens yeah. it definitely well, happens hey, but you're lucky amazing. that at some point she did decide to sh- sh- because these days there's a lot of uh we'll call them young adults that stick around until 20 yeah. 23 <laughs> 25 and- <laughs> 28 and you're going huh <laughs> Looking yeah. around, okay, well, now I what? Think- Why did we have a basement in our house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you guys get out there to Williams and uh, you end up, when did you retire? Was it was it somewhere in there? Or was, uh-huh. it, was the timelines oh, kind of all line up where the it kids was. are gone and then you get retired and, and settle down Well, and I kind of eased into it. I, I went to part-time from teaching full-time 
and then um, went to part-time. I was teaching at the Medford campus, and so I was commuting d- out 238 the whole time. And, and that's it's a nasty road. I mean, it just, it's it's not... It's not like 199 in that there's there's accidents all the time, but you've you've got this curvy road with slow tractors and and you know slow drivers or fast drivers that want to pass you and and you know hot on your tail and it it just was not a comfortable commute as beautiful as that drive is. I love I, it. I just. I would just get so frustrated by it. And so that drive became very long after a while. And so that went, that's when I went to part-time and I actually switched to coming into the Redwood campus here and doing advising. And um, uh, I did some talk clinicals at Three Rivers and at, um, what is, I'm blank now on the name of the, the assisted living that's right at the end of the road here. I think we're allowed one blank through this whole thing. So Yeah, we yeah. already used it up on the Golden Girls. <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't used mine yet. Oh, we all get one. Yeah, one each. Anyway. So but, the assisted but, yeah, living I did, at the end of the I, road I here. Did, I, I had nursing students there, and I would supervise the students once once a week. And, you know, so I did, the, I did just sporadic part-time work. For the college and then finally retired when it was when I don't know I just had gotten to the point where home home is the place to be for me and I I like my home it's nothing fancy it's 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 set in the woods it's it it does have gorgeous woods we do have some of the nicest trees around but I like it you know I've got my greenhouse there I've got my gardens we did raised beds for the vegetables and for flowers and and I have pots of tubs of plants all over the the back deck and the front deck you know the deer there are pretty thick and, and all your, pretty hungry all your chickens <laughs> yep I have I we now have 13 chickens we've had chickens ever since we moved out there but anyway so you have your vegetables and your farm fresh eggs and and some of those Mm -hmm. things that people are getting into now because of the situation we've been living through for the last six months and very interesting to see people even i'm one of those people who started growing more stuff really hadn't done a whole lot of that Mm -hmm. um i don't need chickens yet because my dad has chickens and he brings me eggs so i don't don't have to deal with the chickens i just get the eggs i was gonna bring you a dozen eggs too hey we're always up for eggs it's funny because someone else was just over here the other day and he has chickens he's like man i got a lot of eggs i'm like hey anytime you need to get rid of eggs you just let me know Mm -hmm. but uh it's so crazy because we give eggs to friends and stuff and normally they buy them from the store and then they would eat the fresh eggs and you don't realize it or we take it for granted for us but store-bought eggs versus the fresh eggs it, there's the a difference flavor oh, yes. is completely different isn't it something yeah. though and it, it it's not just eggs it's tomatoes oh, yeah. it's it's everything really yeah. for the most part yeah and it, it has to be hard for the the um supply chain you know you can't have fresh stuff that you send out fresh mm-hmm. because it's not going to be fresh when it gets there it's going to be rotten um and so they have to send it out when it's you know and then they have all these tricks to get it to look fresh when it gets it's just yeah my wife talks about easter time and everyone grabbing oh. all their eggs at easter and she's like 
you know they don't just turn up a, a knob and tell the chickens to increase laying production. Those eggs have been stored for probably months, and those are not fresh around that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> but they hard boil well. That. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Well, Good I have fresh something. eggs, so I don't need to worry about that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everyone else listening is like, wow, what are we eating? Oops. Wow. Maybe we should get some chickens. <laughs> and I think if my dad ever stops, when that day comes where he doesn't have them, we do have, well, we had a chicken coop, but I've I've turned it into the kids' play area and built a loft in there. And oh, wow. Yeah, so that was my project a couple of weeks ago, so I'd have to kind of redo things to have the chickens, but it's good. I, I think that's one thing that I'm really excited for people with all that's happened to start doing more things on their own mm-hmm. kind of self-sufficient and uh, it's not necessarily the best thing for the economy but it's 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 what could be best for for people's own household and for but themselves and their health yes on Absolutely. the other hand you know some they've got to buy the feed they have that's to true. buy the lumber to build the the chicken house or the the wire to make the chicken run and so it although it's it's different on the economy or it's it's less on the economy overall as far as grocery stores go i think it it also promotes other areas of the economy and the other thing i like about it is nathan mentioned that we like to give the eggs away i mean we don't sell ours uh, there are people that do and and especially i mean the 100 percent organic and all sized and those are <laughs> those are well worth a good amount of money but we we just like the idea of giving them away, and that's what I'm hoping happens with the economy is that as people produce more tomatoes than they need or more zucchini than they need, you know, that we start spreading the wealth around and, and sharing with other people like with the beds, you know. It's, yeah, if anyone needs basil, let us know. The, <laughs> the beds are overflowing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I'm really glad you brought that up because – one, the part about the economy, but also being able to share because there's something about that. And obviously one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys over is because you're doing something amazing where you're sharing your time and energy and effort to help these kids that don't have beds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're going to get back to that shortly, but just in general, you know, with where we're at right now, and it's a great time to have you guys over because there's so much noise happening right now. There's so much negativity happening right now. There's so many people trying to prove their point right now and really that doesn't even matter and I, I'm going to keep saying this until I can't no more and one is to remind myself that I don't always have to be right but so many people are worried about being right right now that it's 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 hurting their life really because right. they're getting angry because the person on the other side is wrong and we're right and this is that and the other. who cares at the end of the day isn't it just about living taking care of the people around you and in you know, your, your surroundings and, and how you feel. And I think with what you guys are doing, and I know with what I've done in different areas, like that is what, and Ashley has been saying this a lot lately, my morning show partner who was on episode 41, check it out. If you haven't, uh, check out the first one before that, I think it was eight, then 41 got to throw in the cheap plug there, but it's like, what fills your cup up, you know, because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I really like that. She said that the other day, because I've been thinking about it a lot and what it does for you and people, and there's lots of studies that talk about this, what it does for you and others when you're able to give, whether it is food or money or time or supplies or effort or whatever that is, love, who knows? That's where we get all kumbaya, you know? It's, <laughs> uh, there's something to be said for that. And 
so many people are chasing and I've been guilty at times of chasing what I think is the goal only to find out that, you know, I chased the goal only for that to all fall apart. And I was actually chasing someone else's goal or, or doing something to help someone else achieve their goal. And when you can step back from it and look at it, realize, well, why, why, why was I even doing that to begin with? And filling my time with all of these things that were doing something for someone, not like what you guys are doing, but for a, for the dollar. Mm. Ultimately, okay. a lot of times it comes back to the dollar. I guess that's right. the, the long way of me saying, oh, you can take a lot of your time and energy to, to do something to get towards making a dollar. And at the end of the day, does how much does that matter? You know, compared to doing exactly. something for someone else or exactly. I mean, you have to you you should have enough to live. You should have enough to put food on the on the table if you can't raise it or or grow it. You know, I'm I'm certainly not as you know promoting some sort of a of a society where we give everything away and we don't care about the money. You and neither to, am I. You for have the to have that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I I. I got that from you too, but I, that's the way I feel too, is that, is that yes, we have to have our own. And like, I, like I said earlier, I love my home. It's my home. I've made it, <laughs> I've made it mine, even though sometimes my husband thinks, well, you know, it should be, <laughs> it should be a little bit different, but you yeah, know, you it's, just said it's all yours, not his. That's the problem. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> And I'll I guess <laughs> he has his shop. I have my, well, there you no. go. <laughs> Little outnumbered here, <laughs> but but I think that is is a lot of it is that even if you don't have the items to give, even if you don't have extra eggs or whatever, giving of yourself and giving of your time and and just that that acceptance of okay, you don't agree the same way I do you don't feel the same way you you promote your either political or your social goals and and agenda loudly but yeah you're okay just don't hurt me I mean don't you know stay safe but being accepting of more people as well as just the giving and the not not chasing the almighty dollar I mean, you know, you can you can have you can be very happy in a normal sort of house as opposed to a mansion. Yeah, because a lot of times it's just empty space that doesn't get used anyway. Mm-hmm. And what could you be doing with it? And just to show off or yeah, show it off. Or yeah, something. yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, I hope that that's something that people take away from the situation we're going through right now. I hope people have a chance to step back because. As I talked with my wife about earlier this morning when we were talking about school, I said there's a giant shift happening here. We can see it happening. People are trying to figure it out. They're just trying to just make it to the next day. But hopefully there's going to be something better that comes out of it. And what is that? We're not sure yet. Does it mean more people homeschool their kids? Does it mean the school system looks different? I don't know. But but we're hopefully all learning at the same time. Hopefully we're mm-hmm. not just going through it. And it's something you brought up before we started this people always saying, well, it's the new normal or I want to get back to normal or this is the new normal or what is it? I don't, I don't know that I want normal. I don't want what normal was. Mm -hmm. And I don't, the new normal, I'm not even going to call it the new normal. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say, 
I hope life is better today than it was yesterday, or we've right. learned something to enhance our lives and hopefully those around us. Right. It's a constant learning process. Mm-hmm. So it's not perfect by any means. And we're all trying to figure it out, but what are we learning through the whole process? Are we, are we bettering ourselves? Are we more efficient? Are we, are we, um, more peaceful, more peaceful, happy, exactly. less, less ulcers. <laughs> yeah. Stress. And that's one of the things when I joked about us organizing the garage, my wife all of, all of a sudden, thankfully decided to start getting rid of stuff. So it, we've sold a lot of stuff and a lot of times it's for a lot less than what we could probably get. And I am stoked because I don't want all the stuff because stuff is one of the number one causes of stress. And we have a lot of stuff. And did we buy a lot of it? No, a lot of it is like in-laws are here. We, we had this or we thought of you. So we got this and the kids toys and all that's like, I just want to strip it down and declutter. And because constantly moving stuff around takes our time. It takes our energy oh, sure. tripping over it. I whacked my foot earlier this morning and wanted to, you know, say some expletives, but you know, managed to keep it together. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You know, we're just surrounded by all this stuff and, and trying to find a place where it's just a nice balance. I was just p- picturing how, what your living room must look like at Christmas. <laughs> Crazy. You know, after the presents have been opened and, and everybody's got, there's wrapping paper everywhere and toys mm-hmm. everywhere. And I hate, I hate with the passion and hate is not a word I use very often, but I hate all of the plastic toys mm-hmm. and I'm not a big environmentalist. I care about the environment, but I'm not the one trying to stop the loggers because I think there's a place for them too. And I grew up in a logging town and I have friends that that are part of that community and I care about them deeply. So I think there's a balance, but when it comes to the, all of the plastic everywhere, it just talk about giving someone anxiety. I just look around here and see the plastic and I want to just like, this is all going to end up somewhere. And it's crazy that that's what frustrates me about Christmas, not to get off on a tangent too far, but I look at it and I'm like, do not do not buy a bunch of plastic toys. So oftentimes they come from, family members mm-hmm. or whatever but i even tell them like please do not do that there's so much plastic and so many plastic toys yep. like all the plastic toys are most of them are something that's imitating adult life if you think True. about that True. you have the the plastic mm-hmm. drill look around here the plastic jeep the plastic the dirt bike you have the anything plastic in some of it you know okay they learn how to use tools or whatever because they have a plastic hammer but it just yeah, sure. That's my that's my pet peeve. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up there, but <laughs> no, oh yeah, downsizing okay. and getting rid of stuff. <laughs> yeah, whether you knew it or not, your your Christmas is was part of the segue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we're all we're all guilty of buying. Pl- I mean, I even have I even have plastic garage talk cups right here. But I try and reuse them. So <laughs> even though I don't think you're technically supposed to. Because I think the plastic breaks down at some point. I don't really know. Oh, no. Just don't leave it in the sun and I think you're fine. Well, good. So, all right. So, let's start talking about, let's get deep into the sleep and heavenly peace and what you guys are all about. I want to know how this all came about with you guys because it's a national organization and you guys head up the Josephine County chapter here um, out of Grants Pass or, or would you consider it Williams or Grants Pass because it's you guys live in Williams. But it's all of Josephine it's County. County. Right. So you cover yeah, the whole from County. From Wolf Creek yep. to O'Brien to Williams. Yeah. Dropping some Everywhere towns on the fringes there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolf Creek. That was right over the hill from my old stomping grounds. Actually, actually, our chapter goes up to Glendale. 
we is actually sneak into Douglas County. Good for you. Uh-oh. They need you because Douglas County doesn't really claim Glendale unless it's something good. Yeah, well, that's interesting because the Umpqua Valley chapter wanted to give that Glendale to us. I'm sure they sh- did. Yep. Looked sure. on the map, it's it's halfway it's between right Grants Pass and, and uh, or is it between Grants Pass and Glide or is it Williams and Glide? Glide is where the Umpqua Valley chapter. Oh, okay president lives and and so he looked on the map and it's halfway there and he said hey you guys want to pick up some of those <laughs> his voice doesn't sound that way by the way <laughs> i appreciate the impression i mean we we, we could have just went with it we wouldn't have known but now now he does sound yeah like i was gonna say J, jp will probably <laughs> listen to this so good oh jp I, we're I just giving not. you a hard time uh, we'll get to the good stuff and make him proud hopefully so how did you even end up finding out about the organization so that, that's a that's a funny story because we were just what we do on our normal Saturday mornings is we get up and um, I have an espresso maker so I make my wife a, a cinnamon latte and I make my own hazelnut latte and we sit on our chairs and eat snacks for breakfast sometimes we're outside depending on the weather and usually just catching up with family because most all pretty much all my family is still back in Michigan, Wisconsin area and uh, family, friends, things like that. So we're on Facebook and, and messaging and things like that. And one Saturday morning, we're just doing our thing and scrolling through Facebook. And I see this thing pop up and it's a video. It's returning the favor with Mike Rowe. And I thought, huh, I, again, I have no idea how this even got into my Facebook feed. I don't know if it was a sponsored ad or what it was, but um what returning the favor is is mike Rowe. he's the guy from dirty jobs uh had that show on the discovery channel and he goes around to these small towns and he finds people that are very obscure they're just um doing their thing giving back supporting their community any way they can and he has a plethora of different people that he's gone around and bloody do-gooders bloody do-gooders uh i think that's a trademark term uh jason's gonna have to pay for that one um (laughs) well they can have a couple garage talk cups oh they're even (laughs) and what he does is uh through his show then he puts a national spotlight on them so he gives them national prominence by doing that and then also there's a there's some kind of um gift to the the do-gooder at the end of the show and this particular episode this exact one it's not like i watched a whole bunch of them i had never heard of this epi- this program and this particular one popped up and it was uh, focused on sleep and heavenly peace we call it shp for short and so i watched this video and um at the end of the video uh it was my my wife says the video is 20 minutes and two tissues long just heads up if you go to facebook and search for that um, but at the end of the video, I think I then shared it with my wife and, and then just, it's, you know, it was something we've always, we've always tried to give back and whether it was time or donations or whatever, and, and just, uh, we're in a position that we're able to do that with our time and, and, and trying not, not living in excess, whatever we have, we can donate and help out where we can and nonprofits I know they're all they're all needing that so as much as we can we've done that but we really haven't been 100% like involved with something so and I knew like in I would have the confidence that we would be able to 
um, get get a team together and be able to to do something like that. So we did a lot of talking about it and um, decided that you know this is something we want to do and and it's it's a pretty straightforward easy process. So then we we took the steps to do that. But uh, just to kind of summarize how SHP started, just uh, summarize the video for anyone listening who's not aware of of it. But in 2012. Uh, Luke Mickelson, he's the the head of this. He's the CEO of SHP, and he's the one who started it. He and a couple close friends, his wife. But um, Luke had a, a church project with. He was leading a church project with some um, younger boys, I think, and youth group. Youth yeah. group, yeah. They had a, a project where they had different people in the community, kids that needed some beds. So they actually had a project through their church with these um, young kids to build these beds and so Luke had the plans and they built these beds and got them out to the kids and um, that was kind of that project and he kind of stepped away from that well then a couple months later at Christmas time <laughs> back to the segue uh, Luke and his wife and his kids he's got three kids they were opening their Christmas presents and um, just you know kids sometimes they don't really they don't really know what they have they don't really know what they don't have all they know is they what they want. So his kids wanted certain things, certain um, toys for Christmas, and they didn't get those exact ones. So the kids were a little upset by that, and and so that was kind of frustrating for Luke a little bit because he just built these beds. He knew there were kids out in the community that didn't even have beds to sleep on, yet his kids were um, not happy with their Christmas presents. So there was some leftover wood out in the garage yet. So as a as a learning lesson for his kids a teaching moment he took his kids out into the garage and said hey we're gonna we're gonna build another bed with this extra wood so they built a bed he and his family together and at they didn't they built it that was the goal yeah we got this bed now what do we do with it and luke's wife heidi then said you know let's, let's just put it on facebook just we'll just give it away so they put it on facebook and they were just taken aback by the number of people in their community asking for a free bed and all the stories they heard from all these parents as to why their kids didn't have beds and needed this one single bed so then knowing that knowing he looks like hey I just built one there's no reason I can't build more so from that one moment is what turned it and he just said they're knowing that there were so many kids in his own town sleeping on the floor he just said that's when this mission statement started no kid sleeps on the floor in our town and he made that his mission starting in 2012 that he was going to make sure that that didn't happen um so that's when shp started in 2012 they had um again n nobody knew about shp back then and <laughs> they then went along until again at the end of 2017 then when mike Rowe came in and did all the filming of the of the episode the episode aired in february of 18 and that's when we saw it well at the, prior to that he had started the chapter there in twin falls and just gathered friends high school friends mostly oh yeah i mean he was a um, I think probably late 20s or or so then. But his, some of his high school buddies started helping him, and they kind of got together. 
Well, then somebody had a cousin who lived in in Washington, and somebody had a somebody else who a friend from high school lived in Lehigh, Utah, and so it kind of spread very minutely yeah, within that part of, of the mouth. country. And there were nine or ten chapters, but it, it was not. It was a very casual type of thing at that point. Yeah, it was pretty obscure. Like I said, just wasn't well known until Mike Rowe came in and. We saw the video, um, like I said. February t- of 2018. Yeah, we saw that, and we were hooked. And um, they then, they there was a lot of interest from a lot of people throughout the country after that episode aired, and they wanted to bring this to their town. Um, and a lot of people, you don't like us. We didn't. We don't know. We didn't realize, <laughs> thinking about that, that how many kids while out there didn't have their own bed to sleep in that was just crazy to us and we're like even then even then at that moment it's like yeah maybe that area maybe it's impoverished who knows but i mean how many kids here in josephine county don't have beds like i don't know 20 50 maybe i don't know so but you know whatever the number is we're in a position we can make this happen so let's let's help them um, so we actually then, there's a whole process you have to go t- through for onboarding your chapter and getting an approval and going through training. So, um, we then signed up for the training session. We were actually the second training session. They had one in March and then they had one in April and we we're part of that April training session. And they were still, like I said, like Jan said, there were only 10 chapters at that point through five years of this five six years so bringing in into these training sessions they had 20 30 people i think our group was over 30 people coming in and it was overwhelming because they were not prepared for all this exposure and what was coming of it so um training was was very interesting because we were all learning this was all a learning experience for all of us um and they threw information at us right and left just in the morning portion of it where we were all just sitting in this warehouse you know in folding chairs in the warehouse hearing about the process hearing about about the computer programs that they use to track beds and they were just at that time transitioning from one program to another so they weren't even really fully fixed on it other than the one IT person who actually owned that or uh, not owned that program but worked with that program so it was it was a very talk about a packed morning of learning. I, I wish I had recorded it. <laughs> yeah, so there much was, of, there were just so many people though with that I don't think anyone could imagine um, the outpouring of support from everyone wanting to to address this, to help out. Um, it was just crazy. So like I said, that was in April when, when we went to training and and the one of the stories just to get us off the ground and, and stuff, we were, I mean, nobody's paying for this. This is all on you. This is all personal to, to, you have to go out to Idaho. You have to fly out, drive out to Idaho, go through their training session, do the background checks. And as part of that, they also take you on a delivery. Um, but all that costs money. So I apologize if I stop for a moment. <laughs> just go <laughs> just for it. It's all my, good here. <clears throat> But so yeah, we're we're prepared. We got our flight booked. Um, I actually had to work. There was something going on at work. I worked that morning. We're flying out in the afternoon, 
wow we're flying out in the afternoon i apologize and then uh um president of the bank jeff hyde calls me and says hey i think what you guys are doing is so great so we're gonna go ahead and and pay for all your travel expenses and because i think this is a great thing you guys are doing so we'd like to take care of that for you wow <laughs> We're 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 gonna have some rough times ahead if I'm getting choked up on this already. Wait till we get to the, yeah. But but Jason's not crying yet. He, he's I'm not good touched. so far. We'll, I, I was we'll, getting close a minute ago. We'll but I'm, I'm I'm with you so far. Yeah, I think the the one bed for that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so we went through all that, and again, I I gave you a a, a warning early on about Evergreen, but being there and working with such such great people i knew that it'd be easy to assemble a team with um, a lot of community-minded people and very giving people um and another thing in josephine county we actually had three people uh three different people wanting to start a chapter here so right now one of those people uh nick is is part of the team now uh, the other person never moved forward with the desire so i'm just some of these areas even big cities they have no people that came out to do it but justin county had three people that wanted to come out and make this happen and make a difference in this community and i just i think that's awesome um so then i think it was even before we went to training actually because i wanted to make sure that before we move forward that we would have the people to make this happen this and and again I'll harp on this all day, but SHP isn't about Jan and myself. I mean, we're the ones that are out there talking and, and telling stories and meeting with groups and things like that. But there are hundreds of people in this community that make this happen. Um, and again, none of that's possible without, without everyone um, who's been so giving. Um, ah one thing about the teams and the and the assistants we do have what we call our sweet dreams team which is which are people who are team leaders as far as delivery teams go they're the decision makers the they kind of back Nathan and I up or bounce things off Nathan and I and so there are um about five other people that work with us and we meet on a regular basis every month and some meetings it's it's there's lots of stuff to decide on but they're the folks that help to plan builds um you know oh i'll take care of the food or i'll take care of this or that and uh, so we've got that team but then the volunteers who have helped with build days who have helped with deliveries the people who who help us get our lumber and and nathan will talk more about that after a bit but it's like you said it's there are hundreds of people within this county who have participated some once in one one small capacity some repeatedly there are people that bring um hand crocheted quilts or hand crocheted blankets into his office about once a month bring a bunch of them i don't i personally i don't know how they crochet that fast <laughs> that just amazes me that they can do that but but yes all these all these special things that come from the heart that are going to children they don't even know but children that need them and and something that before i forget i wanted to to mention that 
one of the other philosophies besides the no no kid sleeps on the floor in our town is that it's not the children's fault that they're in that situation they're in the bedless situation because of decisions their parents have made or decisions their parents haven't made or because the family has been through maybe serious health issues maybe that's just hard times in that they worked for a company that closed or you know for whatever reason it isn't the children that have made that decision to not sleep on on a bed and yeah those are tough circumstances i mean these kids they're obviously living in a house they have shelter they have food right and sometimes just there's a budget and the money can only go so far and there's just nothing left at the end of the paycheck for for a bed so anyway i i just wanted to throw that out there in no, case i forgot later no i'm glad you did um because you never know my wife and i were just talking before i came out here about a story that was in the news in reading about these kids and they were were students at at the school that my mother-in-law uh, she worked in the lunchroom she just retired but we was talking about these kids and how excited they were to eat lunch every day and they smelled mm-hmm. like dog urine and mm-hmm. she said man these kids are just so exciting and as my wife was talking i'm like I think she's going to say this is the story that was just in the news. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. And I only saw the headline, but um, she kept kept going on and on about how the kids hadn't showed up to pick up lunch this summer. And so they sent the janitor over and the janitor gets there and the parents didn't want to let them in or didn't want the lunch. And it, it was a house that had, I think, 43 or 45 dogs in it. and reeked and cockroaches and they ended up calling the police and they showed up and it was a terrible situation but it it was interesting that she brought that up right before you guys got here i'm like oh my gosh i'm like i I would almost bet money these kids probably don't have a bed you know Mm -hmm. just a terrible situation that they're living in and you don't know how they got there why they got there it doesn't really matter how they got there but they're in that type of situation and it happens all too often especially now you know now more than ever and it's weird. It's weird that that's where we are, you know, but it happens. And, and I just like that. It's so cool that this is happening. So we can do a little bit to help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and, yeah. We, we can't solve all the world's problems, but if we can focus on this one and mm-hmm. other groups are focused on what they do. Mm-hmm. Just, just one step exactly. at a time. Exactly. One little step exactly. at a time, which isn't a little step by any means, because obviously it takes a. A small army to pull all this off and to get all the beds made and between the volunteers and the donations and the time that it takes to make it happen it's obviously sure. a lot yeah and that's kind of that's again i'm fortunate where i work where i work because with evergreen being very community minded um it this wasn't and again to get this started once you come back from training you need tools <laughs> you need a lot of tools yes, to make this happen. Yes, we own all the tools. That yeah, SHP owns owns all the tools. Our chapter does. And and if anyone has been on our Facebook page and seen a uh, Facebook Live video of a build day, just <laughs> look at what's out there. Uh, all that costs money. And then once you have that, then you got to get lumber. Uh, wood's not cheap these days. Um, mattresses. And we have a good quality mattress now that we've been using. We got a good deal on that and all the bedding, everything, like I said, is brand new. So, um, all that takes resources. And, and when I was coming back from training and trying to figure out how we're going to kind of get off the ground and get started, I didn't want to knowing 
that Evergreen does so much, I didn't want to go out on my own and have this thing up and running in a year. And Melissa's uh, from Evergreen's marketing department has been a huge supporter and has loved everything we've done. So I went to her and as more or less a heads up, like, hey, this is something that's just in the works. I don't know where this is going, but this is my first step. I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't know if everyone wants to be involved in this project at all, but I just want to let you know that I'm, I have this in the works before I get a year out. And then Melissa comes back and says, Hey, we, we would have loved to partner with that. Why didn't you let me know? Um, I wasn't asking for anything. I was just kind of letting her know. And I don't know why I'm getting choked up so often. <laughs> it's the truthful couch. Man. It is, actually. You're not kidding here. <laughs> I wasn't I'm going to poke you periodically so, so you're not so comfortable. <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, then um, then Melissa's just like, I, I don't know, even know how to describe her enthusiasm and how awesome she thought this I, was. So <laughs> I can picture it, though. She just so, really jumped right in, I'm sure. Yeah, so it was all the tools we got that funded and on top of that um on a build day what you normally do like your minimum build day is to do 10 bunks which is 20 beds um but that's our our, our that, imposed yeah that's the is. minimum just because like jason jason knows um <laughs> there's a lot involved in a build day and the volunteers and coordination and tool setup all that so um, we just kind of have a minimum number of beds we want to build for all that effort we have to go through with, with everyone in the coordination. Um, but then on top of that, most is like, let's do a build day. And I'm like, well, how, how many do you want to do? Normally we do 10. That's kind of the minimum. And she's 10 like, bunks, 10 which bunks, is 20 which beds, is 20 beds. And, and she's like, she's like, no, we, I want to, I want to make this a big event. And I'm like, okay, well let's do 30 then 30 bunks, 60 beds. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So so that was actually our very first build day. So we got our, once we got tools together, we have to get our, um, we have our Sweet Dreams team, like Jan said, is that's like kind of like a core planning team. And then we expand out from that. And then we have our uh, build day coaches. So these are the individuals who, who know the stations and they're the people then that when a volunteer walks in off the street and, some person may never have touched a power tool in their life. These coaches are, know the process, know what to do at the, each station. So they're able to provide that training to them. Um, it takes like a minute to, to learn any of our stations. It's a very simple process. So, so then these people, um, we kind of then reached out even further to get a court, a team of those people together. And I think we probably had 25 to 30 people like that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have to do these what are called team builds because we these people all have to learn this before then you have volunteers walking in saying show me how to do this so we have a, had our team build which um i think we took three four hours we built i think we built two bunk beds uh eight bed or four beds that that first team build got the process down as much as we could but again we're all learning i'm learning this too because the, the training session was a whirlwind, so it was very hard to to lock a lot of that stuff in your brain and, and have it locked down, but um, we're all learning. But then um, we wanted to do our, then the build was an Evergreen sponsored build then. So we had Evergreen employees, spouses, kids, neighbors, neighbors. 
everyone, we packed the commercial building at the fairgrounds. Um, we had, I think we had right around a hundred people in that building. And because it was such a big build and normally you do, don't do something this big, the Umpqua Valley chapter uh, offered to bring their train, which is our whole assembly line of tools, we call it a train. They offered to bring their train down so we'd have two trains running and then that's where all the volunteers come in because you can and have then, all the tools in the world but if you don't have the people to and the noise was phenomenal the sander you know when you get 20 well in this case probably 40 40, 40 sanders, 40 going, sanders. <laughs> it sounds like a bunch of honeybees on <laughs> and 100 sets of earplugs and <laughs> oh yeah we and we, and we ah, do we what? hand out earplugs and and uh masks and gloves and things so that people are protected but but and still yeah it was it was an event so how'd it go that was that was amazing i mean it went very well i mean and this is the beginning that was right? the first one the very first build first instead of just doing head, 10 you head go to first 30. head first diving right in yeah uh-huh. um yeah everyone kind of was saying how how smooth it was and how simple the process was because again that's that's live fire for us we hadn't that was our first run through so but um whatever whatever we didn't know we faked it well because everyone um saw it sure uh, well and we we fed them pizza too that That helps you know that's kind of the beginning of of kind of this like i like i say none of this is possible without this great community we live in and that was the beginning stages of us just kind of getting overwhelmed with the community support we were um we had arranged to have lunch there because again it was a little bit larger build so you don't want to um, starve your your volunteers. So we took a break for lunch, and we had um, pizza that we were just um, keeping it simple. And um, we're out at the fairgrounds, like I said, in the commercial building. And Jose from Casamiga popped in and kind of checking us out. What what's going on here? And sees a hundred people there and. Um, Here's the noise. Yeah, and 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 he's like a couple well, miles down the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly at Casa Amiga, probably. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, what are you guys doing? Do you have lunch planned, or what are you doing? And we're like, yeah, we got pizza. And he winks his eye and he goes, we can do better than pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against pizza. No, no, that's true. It was it was appreciated, but but then Jose goes back and brings in I don't know how many trays of tacos. He just brings over for all of our volunteers to feed them lunch for free. So that was just kind of the start um, of of the support that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Ex- expect it at all. Needless to say, you guys did the 30 beds. Did you? Were you able to, to make all 30? 30, 30 bunks. Yeah, 30, 30 bunks. bunks so 60, 60 beds. 60 beds, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah we... we got them all done i mean it's it's so funny on a build day because it's going along and it, no matter what you do this is kind of how how it goes it kind of is slow in the beginning as kind of people are learning um what they're doing and kind of getting into a groove getting into a flow and then after about an hour you're like wow we're gonna be here probably four or five hours at this rate and then after people get into a groove with things then you turn around an hour later and you're like oh Where's there's the no more wood, wood? Yeah, because we we have just like I said, we start with raw lumber. So there's eight foot, uh, two by fours, two by sixes, ten footers. They're just sitting there in stacks. And next thing you know, you turn around, and the wood's gone. You're like, what's going on here? And you walk outside, and there's piles of headboards and rails. And you're like, oh, I guess we're almost done. 
and that build i think we were we were just right around three hours i think we we took lunch after the build was over i think pretty much yeah yeah there that was has just to be a, an awesome feeling to know that you could oh, hammer them out that yeah. quickly that was and, crazy. Ta- and exhausting oh yeah i'm sure my feet hurt so bad after all you know stomping across that concrete floor all uh-huh. the time oh anyway but but yes it was it was wonderful that was the end of july of 2018 that we started and that was our first big build and then we started delivering in august and between august and and december 31st we delivered 100 beds so you deliver 100 beds in our community here and, and just have, that first yeah. half year, basically. And so you you got to go on a delivery where, when you were in Idaho because they wanted to show you what it's like. Mm-hmm. But now you have to go out and actually do it here in our own community. And what's that right. like? Oh, uh, wow. It, I so, yeah, probably when, shouldn't let Nathan talk. We, <laughs> <laughs> He'll oh, oh, be balling all over. You'll be flooding the garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We oh, have a broom. I'll, I'll be talking. Don't worry. But no, I the one in Idaho, part of the training, like, like Jason said, they take you out and, and do a delivery to kind of go through that process with you so you can see it beginning to end. And that was kind of when we just had our first glimpse because you're thinking, okay, a bed. Okay, you sleep in a bed. What's the big deal? But then these kids that have never had one and we pull up to this house um, and this isn't just Idaho. Um, this is everywhere. We pull up to this house and there's this truck in the front yard loaded with these mattresses that they're hauling off, hauling away, because the kids are getting these new beds. And when I saw those mattresses and the condition and what they look like, I, I'm i just thinking of my granddaughter, and I'm like, there's, there's no way I would want her sleeping on something like that. But that's all they had. And sure. just knowing that, that what we're doing just in that little instance was providing that hope and here is something better here are strangers just coming in and giving you something brand new and seeing the reaction on these kids faces oh they were excited <laughs> getting that oh bed. there were four children we did two bunks um one half of our team went into one room and did the boys bunk and then we were in the the bunk with the girls bunk and those little girls were so excited. They're still some of our favorite pictures. And we we don't even know the names of the kids. I mean, it was it was just such a such a touching event for us that we look at those pictures periodically and poke each other and, you know, hey, remember this? Remember this? Um, but some and something came to mind. I'm gonna have to let Nathan finish or tell more about the deliveries. Something came, came to mind about that that has just flown. So now I've exhausted my one forget time, and I'm on two or three or four by now. It's, <laughs> anyway, it's the truthful couch's fault. I, I don't remember. It, where were we? What was I supposed to do? <laughs> deliveries. Deliveries. Deliveries, yeah. and what are they like? Well, do you want to just go through? From the beginning to end on a delivery? Oh, uh, you mean the whole process yeah. of uh, applications and all? Sure. Um, so people who either do not have a bed for their children for various reasons, um, one of the things that we've gotten a lot of lately that, or not lately, but earlier this last year, we actually have shut off applications as of the time COVID started 
because we were unable to deliver, we didn't want to keep accepting applications for something that we can't do. So we closed our applications, but we still have um, some on the books from last year. And, uh, or from, actually, they yeah, they started late last year. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, my brain is just, <laughs> freezing periodically. You're fine. So you so cut anyway, off the applications. We yeah. cut off the applications, but people will apply. One of the things that we've had over the last year or two, year or so, has been domestic violence. Mm. We will see applications, and there's you. You not only you give your name, address, um, names of the children and their ages and their their gender. And then one of the things is a comment column and where, you know, how are your kids sleeping or where are they sleeping now? Or what is the situation just basically? And we don't mean to get nosy or really, you know, impose on people, but we we need to have a little bit of a heads up to kind of know what the situation is as we go into their home to deliver a bed. And I think part of and, that too is we need to, as these requests coming in, a lot of times we have more requests than we have beds. Yes. So if we have some kids that are actually on the floor and then we have other kids that apply at the same time and they're sleeping on a couch or in a bed with siblings, we have to try to prioritize um, right. getting those beds out. So it's kind of part of why we We ask determine. more information. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, so many of them I've seen, you know, we've left a domestic violence situation and we have nothing. We left with nothing. And so these are families that are moving into an apartment. They're, they maybe gotten approved for HUD, HUD housing, or or they've moving into a garage of of a friend or something like that. And they literally had the clothes on their back, and that's it. So there's no furniture. We deliver to places that have next to no furniture, or maybe a sofa that's been given to them, and and a kitchen that was you know the way it was when they got it so anyway um people will apply for these beds they apply by going to um, the national website which is shpbeds.org and they click on the request a bed link and they it's an all electronic um, application and when they finish applying it actually then is routed to a computer program that I have on my computer and on my phone and I get that application automatically when they've selected our Josephine County chapter. So I see them, I go through and kind of prioritize based on the comments and also um, kind of start going through and making calls and communicating with the family. I have to talk with them on the phone before I actually um, will commit to delivery of a bed because there are certain criteria. The kids must be between 3 and 17 years old, so they have to be a child or a, a young adult. But once they're 18, they're beyond our criteria. Um, the people have to have a home or some sort of physical structure to put it in. We aren't able to, to put a bunk bed under the bridge you know, for people that are homeless and have no place. Uh, we have put them in travel trailers, um, 
we've had a couple applications that we've been unable to fil- fulfill because they just didn't have the space for it. However, on the <laughs> on the other hand, we have also delivered beds and put them in a closet that had, you know, two inches front and back, or, you know, headboard and footboard, and, and that was about it. Nathan, Nathan got stuck in the closet and had to just kind of crawl out to to because he was in the front end of it as we installed this. But this boy basically had his own room, which was awesome. He was so excited to have his bed in this closet that had all of two feet by six feet on beside the bed as his bedroom. Anyway, they they apply. I speak with them. We try and arrange. A, a, sorry, I keep moving my mic. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> we try and arrange arrange a delivery date. And at that point, we put the all call out to our teams. Um, sometimes it's one of those things that if it's an emergency and it's say a weekend and it's too late to be contacting people, Nathan and I'll just just load the stuff up in in the SUV or the pickup truck and and we'll just de- go and deliver them ourselves. Sometimes we'll call one of our sweet dreams team and say, "Are you available? You know, can you do this quickly? It's in your area. Um you you know, won't take far to go get the bedding pieces to you." And so um other times we've actually planned big big delivery days and that's where we talk about the community again is that we would um have people we have people who have let us know that they would be interested in doing deliveries so we keep a running text list of people so we'll put the texts out there we'll let our team know you know, if you're able to deliver this Saturday, we want to do as many beds as we can. And we've had two or three of those big days. Um, one of the most memorable ones was last year at Christmas time. Um, was it last year? Year, year before. Year before yeah. at Christmas time. And um, we had three or four teams. We had designed a map so that each team could deliver to three or four different homes. And what we did was um, just so happened that that Nick Gates from Gates Furniture had wanted to help out. And he had actually procured some mattresses for us and and helped us to purchase some mattresses at a reasonable price. So he had them in storage. So he said, well, I can bring my truck, we can load up the bed pieces, and I can deliver the bed pieces to the residences if you just give me a route, and then the teams can meet me there. So we did that. We delivered, I think it was 23 beds that year at Christmas time, just before Christmas, or that that day, actually, Mm -hmm. in one day. And um, I had the teams had their little maps and they headed out all different directions. We had volunteers from the community, people who had built beds with us, people who had just heard about us, but, you know, people that that we had some connection with because we want to feel comfortable with the people we're sending into into these folks homes i mean this is a this is a vulnerable population and you don't just send strangers into kids homes and and say here i want <laughs> i want to put together your bed so um anyway we we were um just really blessed that day with tons of volunteers and lots of help 
and it was awesome. It was like the best pre-Christmas present for these kids. And, And we've had kids tell us, that's what I want for Christmas. That's all I wanted was a bed. So, That's great. you know, it, it, it is awesome. So anyway, we go in, we actually, um, usually nowadays we have the parents sign an electronic indemnification release that basically releases sleep and heavenly peace from liability if the kid takes a dive off mm-hmm. the top bunk and, and breaks their wrist, you know, it, it's like any other piece of furniture that you would buy normally but we have them sign a release we do then go in scout out where the bed's going to be make sure there's a a clear path make sure that the um beds the bed area is cleared out and we've had to move furniture a little bit when people have underestimated the sizes of the bed Um, but anyway we go in and we assemble the bed and this is pre-covid by the way um things are a little the process is a little bit different when you've got a socially distance and things like that but um we would assemble the bed we have the kids help with that we'll put a, a drill driver in their hands and and help them dr- drive lag bolts into their That's cool their, their bed and the the sense of ownership with that is phenomenal and that's part of what we do with having all new mattresses all new bedding is that this is a gift to you as a child and we think you are so worth it that we're giving you brand new things there's no hand-me-downs here there's no um used things or gently used or or you know previously washed it's these are things that that are yours and you are the first person to own it so that was that's part of the philosophy that goes along with it as well and it we would put the beds together unroll the mattresses because most of our mattresses are are um rolled up and it come in a cardboard box that's about 16 inches by 16 inches by four feet tall and so we we set them out on the living room floor or a parent's bed or anywhere we can find real estate to set these mattresses out and and cut the cut the thingy and the kids get to watch the mattress expand and it's it's kind of all the magic of it and of course it's it's a little different when you have younger kids as opposed to teenagers you know the magic of it's kind of lost on somebody who's 15 but but anyway um we set things up we make the bed and then if the parents have allowed for it we will take pictures and and put them on our facebook page so that's a delivery that's the basics of a delivery but we've we've seen it all we've done single bed deliveries we've done up to eight bed deliveries um we've done just different situations um mobile homes homes like i say um trailers garages we've we've set up in all different situations but it's always an exciting time for the kids it's just thrilling nowadays excuse me nowadays with covid things have scaled down a little bit we still deliver and install the beds we put the the bed frames together put the mattress together and then we give the parents the bedding and allow them to make the bed and and the kids are not in the same room as as our staff now just just to protect everybody we wear masks um 
we, you know, do the six foot social distancing. We only bring a very small team. It's usually only two or possibly three people coming in um, to volunteer to do this. So we just have, you know, we try and be respectful of people's health situations. And, and we do ask ahead of time if somebody has been ill um, we try and reschedule it or if they have someone in the house who's immune compromised because we've had families where they live with grandma and grandma's quite old and, and may have health issues and so we want to be real careful with with you know being respectful of the health situation. So. And yeah, Jen mentioned um, pre-COVID we would love to have the kids involved just that sense of pride and ownership and they built this bed. They put this thing together, uh, leg bolts, uh, headboards, mattress rails, all that stuff. And y you wouldn't believe the sense of pride and how they light up. And I'll share a story later because, uh, again, when we're going in, we don't just put a bed in. We don't want to just put a bed and walk away. It's more about the experience and having the involvement with the kids. Um, but unfortunately, now with COVID, like Jan mentioned, we're trying to socially distance we want to protect our volunteers we want to protect the families so we're trying to keep distance but um that's just unfortunate side of the situation we're in now but at some point i hope to get back to be able to do that and have the involvement with the kids do you want to just tell the story now yeah might do as it. well do it are you maybe we need a part two of this because we're not even halfway through this stuff I know we're not going to cover it all, but I feel like <laughs> well, we need maybe a part we need two. We don't have to necessarily cover it all. I mean, I think There's, you guys have done a great job talking about say, what you do. And, we probably and, don't need to and, go and what it's quite as depth. You know, um, because I think the most important thing is that people that, that people take away from this is what they could potentially be a part of or help out with. And, and what you guys are doing is so important. And so... Yeah, so this... This was this was toward the end of last year. Um, we we were it's just a it was a Saturday delivery day. We, I think we had two three teams going out that day, and um, going to a house, uh, single mom, two boys, and we walk in and and we probably had six or seven on our delivery team that day. Yeah. it was we had a ton of volunteers. Just and you can't always have people. every volunteer in the house on every delivery, but it's nice sometimes to switch off so one or two people aren't doing a lot of it because, um, like I said, you're you're putting these beds together and and it may not seem like a lot of work, but when you get in there and you've done two or three of these in a day, it, it gets a little bit tiring. So it's nice to be able to have extra support and help and trade off. Um, but this particular house, it was a single mom, like I said, and she had two boys, two younger boys. It was a garage, and, a converted yeah, she was, garage. She was renting a, a garage. Um, just, and then I think it was one room garage and then there was a restroom and very tight space. We walked in and, um, right inside the door, there was a young boy, I think he was, he was nine and he was playing with his Legos on like an end table, but that was kind of like right where we had to be to set up his bed. And he was really focused on his Legos, had paid no attention to us. So from day one, when we've done these deliveries, I've always wanted to engage the kids and have them involved and make this a whole experience for them. And so the first thing I say is, hey, have you tried use this drill before or whatever the tool is and 
most have not, but um, it's pretty easy and, and we go through it with them and um, they most of the time they light up, but we do have some kids that um, that's just not their thing and that's fine and we'll, we're there to get this bed for them. Um, this particular boy, he was showed no interest, was focused on his Legos and I felt kind of bad because I'm in his space now. Um, I'm trying to set his bed up and I'm kind of trying to step around him and not bump into him and I just, I, I just, it was a little awkward for me not, not wanting to, um, upset him because I, these are strangers coming into his house. I, there's all kinds of situations going on with families. Um, you don't know the background, so I'm just trying to be as cautious as I can and be respectful of his space. Um, so we're setting the bed up and probably about, wow, <laughs> probably, probably about halfway through. Finally, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So I said, Hey bud, do you want to help me put this bed together? Put your bed together. And he just, he turned and he lit up and I'm like, wow, what a reaction. He's like, sure. And I said, Hey, have you used one of these before? He's like, no. And I'm like, no problem. I'll show you how. Showed him how we put, put the legs in, got the bed built. Um, and at that point it's not really, anything different this is what we do we come in and engage these kids and mm -hmm. they're very happy number one that they're getting this bed and then just using these power tools these are cool um so and and all these kids um have always excelled at that opportunity and it's nice also to to show them that here's another thing you may not have experienced in your life that this might be of an interest to you what we're doing here well, then we go on with our other deliveries for the day and, um, we go home and I think it was later that evening. Mm -hmm, it was. We got this message. On our Facebook page. Yeah, it was a, it was a private message that the mom had sent to us and I'm going to do my best to read this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have Jason read it. <laughs> So she said, I don't even have words to explain just how much what you guys have done for us means. What I couldn't say because I w didn't want to break down in, uh, in front of my kids or y'all is that we lost everything in June, literally everything but the clothes on our backs. I had to leave an abusive situation. And since my boys have been so brave and have always tried to see the positive every day, um, we all live in one room until I can save enough to get our own place. My oldest slept, um, I'm sorry. Wow. My oldest slept in a, on a mattress on the floor and my seven year old has been sleeping with me in my bed. The boys have been beyond excited since I told them they're getting their very own beds. The nine year old was up at 5 a.m. this morning waiting and they have been, quote, hanging out in their new beds, reading most of the day. And there's more to it than just that. You see, their bi biological dad left their lives when they were one and three. I was single for a few years, then ended up engaged to and moving in with a man that became very emotionally abusive, and we couldn't stay in that situation, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. It became physical, and I left. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is the boys 
specifically my nine-year-old, don't trust men. Wow, I am so sorry. Um, and I don't know if you remember our family or house because you had so many deliveries today, but my nine-year-old was a kid playing Legos in his bedroom and acting like he didn't really even notice y'all were there. But that was so wasn't the case. When one of the men asked him if he wanted to help drill, he was all over it. He doesn't have a lot of men in this world right now. And I just can't find the words to convey how much it meant that he got to see good men who cared enough about them to bring them bunk beds. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Our family will truly never be able to thank you enough. God bless you guys. Wow. <laughs> Just never know, do you? You mm -hmm. never know. You don't. You don't. And that and that's a delivery day. <laughs> the one of the other ones that's touched us so much too, and it, it it's very simple. We were out in Cape Junction at a, a very um ordinary ranch style house, very um, you know, obviously didn't probably cost a lot to buy. It was an older home that that was just, you know, small, but it was neat as a pin inside. It was just clean and neat, mismatched furniture. Mom was fixing, I can't remember, I think she was fixing spaghetti or something. It was, oh, it smelled awesome in there. But she had um, requested a bed for her 16-year-old daughter, her 18-year-old son, had a job and he had bought he was going to buy his own bed but uh her 16 year old daughter didn't have a bed she was sleeping on a mattress on the floor and so we helped her move the mattress out installed the bed she had just inherited from a friend had given her a hedgehog so it was my first experience getting to touch a hedgehog and she was so excited to to show us this hedgehog and and uh, so we talked about that and as we were leaving and said goodbyes and and Nathan was already I think out to the truck and had uh, kind of loaded the tools and everything else back in and the mom came up to me and she said you know this is the first bed she has ever had at 16. 16 year old I mean it was just amazing to me I mean of course we we always go home to our Cal King and 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 lay in bed going I love my bed I love my bed I love my bed because of the fact that that there are people that don't have them and it's it's through no fault of the child and generally it's through no fault of the parent either it's it's just a just low the, on a list of priorities just mm -hmm. the circumstances yeah what do you think the impact has been on your lives with all of this because it sounds like a roller coaster i mean it's really awesome the build process and organizing everyone because you know what you're you're attempting to do or what you're going to do mm -hmm. but then you get there and it's like you go up the excitement and then all the way down to see the situation I'd imagine that some of these situations are and then back up knowing what you did when you leave but still seeing what you have to see in some of these situations because most of them aren't the best situations yeah the the build days are amazing because um, again we'll touch on this I hope but we have a 
big build coming up, national build on September 26th, but it's just amazing to see this pile of lumber in a pile sitting there at the beginning of the day, and then you see just random people from the community come out, and at the end of the day, you have beds ready to be delivered. And some of the random people who never met each other, don't know each other, are joking and laughing by the end of it. Some of them have become friends instantly by sanding across the table from somebody. And yes, we'll have it distanced a little bit. I mean, there will be six feet between the sanders this year. But Yeah, on a public build day, you have kind of strangers coming together. Um, If we have a sponsored build day like the Evergreen one, we've done one with... um, other Kiwanis. groups, Kiwanis, um, Tap Rock, other companies, and Parkway Christian Center did a build. You have all these people that um, it's a, it's a great team building thing for businesses too to be able to bring their sure. staff in like that and have something that's not work and giving back and kind of uniting for this for this cause. Public service type of thing. Yes, it's it's huge. So yeah, those are the two different type of build days that we have. The one coming up on the 26th is a public build day. Um, Just a little shameless plug here. Our Facebook page is if you go to Facebook and you search SHP Joco, J-O-C-O, all together, um, you'll find our Facebook page. The first hit should be ours. And um, on there is the event. And it talks about uh, it's going to be at the Bear Hotel in Grants Pass. It will start at 9 a.m. Um, we do, if you do apply or um, fill out the um, registration form right away, you can get a free t-shirt, a free BAA t-shirt. Um, As if giving back wasn't enough, you also get a free t-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you would message our Facebook page with, with your size, I can even reserve one that might fit you, <laughs> that would fit you. Um, Supplies are limited. Yes. Register right quickly. Exactly. And people, I imagine, will want to be a part of it, I'm sure. Well, oh, I hope so. We we do have a we do have several. I think we have thirty people who have registered already, and I hope all of them come because they just just some of them have been on builds before, and they're just enthusiastic people. And others are people that I know of or have heard of, and and we have a couple of bed recipients who want to give back. You know, families who have received beds from That's us. Fantastic. And in fact, there I I. No. Yeah, I, oh, I, I don't know if you're gonna go into that, but um, yeah, I was just gonna try to circle back and oh, okay, and, and answer Jason's question. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> but yeah, just because he he thinks he can facilitate. <laughs> That's fine. He can facilitate all he wants. He's gonna have to. My bladder's small and it's about run out of space, so we'll have to wrap up shortly. But yeah, I think. Are you talking about what it's meant to you to? Yeah, what, was, it, what it's. Yeah, because you're talking about the roller coaster, and it, it's it's hard to go into a home and you know that that us bringing a bed in and there's so much benefit for that child to have their bed have a good night's sleep and there's just so many studies out there that show the benefits and the positive um things that can happen from having a good night's sleep and turning kids around in school and things like that socially yeah socially where they didn't have that before and our experience that we're trying to bring and having them build it, um, we know we can't fix every problem, but we just go in and we 
we do our best. It's not, <laughs> it's not perfect, but we try to put blinders on saying, this is what we're focused on. This is what we can do to help. There's no way we can fix everything, but we just want to help right here. This is what we can do. This is within our power. So let's do everything we can here. And a very satisfying and, thing for us. And just back to the story I read, sometimes your impact is beyond just the bed when you're coming in, engaging with these kids. Yeah. And you don't always see the impact. Exactly. And there's probably mm-hmm. so much more mm-hmm. than that bed. Very much so. But yes, it is a roller roller coaster. When I am unable to contact people or when they've had their phone disconnected or something, it can be frustrating. I mean, it's just kind of like, I can't get a hold of this person. They didn't give us an email address. I, I have a phone that they can't answer. I, you know, I, I have no way of talking to them about getting them a bed. And that's frustrating. Going through a bill day and all the, 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 old 80s rock that we play or or country music or whatever that we play during our build day it's always loud it's always exciting it's always songs that oh I remember that one and um then the deliveries actually seeing those kids bounce on their beds for the first time and us letting them know please don't bounce you'll break the slats um but it is that roller coaster, but you know it's always going to come back up. You know, it's it doesn't it it isn't one continuous drop. So, is it what you'd imagined, or is it Way so much more? more so. so much more impactful. I mean, I was just thinking we're giving a bed to a kid that's sleeping on the floor and didn't realize how much deeper it could go. Um, oh yeah. In a good way, though, I'd imagine. Oh, oh very much yes, so. The, the positivity that, that kind of blossoms from that, just had, and had not expected that. A real a good story is, is a person, I won't name her, but she was a bed applicant. She was somebody who had been through tough times in her life. She had struggled with, she had trouble with addiction or struggled with addiction and um, was just moving into her first recovery apartment I I don't mean to say that that in a bad way but she was just getting her life back on track moved into an apartment and had this is one that was had gifted furniture that was just very mismatched but neat and clean and beautiful and she was just so excited and her son she had uh, one young son who needed the bed and he was a whirlwind. We we kind of call him the Energizer Boy because he didn't stop. He was up and down and around, and he did he did settle down to help put his bed together, yeah, but nor- just barely. We we as much as we can, we like to do pictures of the delivery, showing the kids, just so we can then show that on Facebook because it's nice to show people that you know you are helping. These are the results. Um, all the volunteers that put in so much time. We just want to make sure that they see the results of all their hard work. And when I was trying to take a picture of her son, every picture was blurry because he was bouncing <laughs> boing, boing, on boing, that boing. bed. Oh, yes. Exactly. Exactly. So he actually did a GIF. <laughs> I had to make a GIF file out of it with like five different moving f- pictures of him bouncing around. It's it hilarious. Was, it was pretty awesome. But anyway, they they were so 
impacted by that. We had actually coincidentally delivered to that same apartment complex at a later date. And she happened to be coming from the laundry room or something. I can't remember how we connected with her in the parking lot, but it was like old home week. She was so excited. She, you know, I can, can't tell you how much my son still appreciates his bed. We love what you guys do. I want to help. And so she has actually, she had initially attended, I said, come to a build day. And so she did. She came to last year's Bunks Across America, which is the same um, event now that we're having in, in on the 28th. And she was a volunteer and loved it. Just thought that that whole experience was awesome. So we invited her to become a part of the the build one of the build coaches. And so that's this is um, I think her second build that she's going to be a coach. So she is a part of the team now. When you talk about the impact or what you, oh, you sure. didn't Abs- expect to happen that would come from just delivering a bed to someone who mm-hmm. didn't have one, now you have people helping you who oh, are recipients sure. and, and just continues to grow from there. And she's just the strongest, kindest person that you'd ever want to meet and just just awesome. We we just think the world of her, but it's it's been a full circle experience for her. That's great. And we've seen that with several people. Like I said, we have we have people who have registered to be a part of the build coming up on the 26th that actually received beds as well. So I'm hoping that that will be something that will perpetuate itself and and then word of mouth, you know, people that hear hear this or or have met us during presentations or have seen our Facebook page you know hopefully word of mouth will not only get people to applying for beds when we do open back up which will probably be it'll probably be a couple more months before we're able to do that hopefully within a month but probably a couple months and then um, after also you know just helping just volunteers Uh, we wanted to put some plugs i know before we end and before everybody's bladder (laughs) explodes we have this massive bladder explosion so why don't we do this uh shp joko on facebook is Mm -hmm. the place to go and if people are listening to this after your build day because it's going to happen this is going to be up forever unless someone takes it down after i'm long gone but uh we hope that people are listening to it even years from now and hopefully you're still doing it at that point and so they can go there and reach out to you if they want to volunteer if they want to sponsor that's Mm -hmm. the best place to go and that's where we will be posting events as well that's great so any build days will be posted there that are open to the public Mm-hmm. They can send yes. you guys a message if they want to get involved. And oh, absolutely. So why absolutely. don't you go ahead and, and go for it? Why don't you thank some people before we wrap this thing up? So, yeah, I just mentioned throughout that none of this would be possible without all the hard work of hundreds of volunteers, uh, different communities. And we're groups. going to name every one of them. <laughs> okay, you start talking, <laughs> I'm going to go Jason pee struggle. and I'll come back. <laughs> I'll, I'll still be talking. Um, but, yeah, and different community organizations and businesses uh, like i mentioned evergreen several times um and then like i said tap rock we did a build with them grants pass kiwanis has been great for us ongoing support done some builds with them uh heart and have more planned for the future we'll we'll be partnering again next year on some builds uh, once we get through covid um heart insurance parkway christian center jan had mentioned gates furniture uh gates is doing sponsorship on some beds now for BAA our build in September coming up 
and uh, Qantas doing this, Grants was Qantas doing the same thing. And we got our tools initially. We did get to uh, work with Home Depot to get us a, a discount on those. And we've been ongoing with uh, Fields Home Center uh, out by Murphy on lumber. They've been able to give us uh, significant discounts. Again, we just, all the donations, it just lets us stretch our money even further, roll it into the next build day, and, we've and buy actually, more wood. We've actually used one of their warehouses to build when we've had indoor builds in the spring, when early spring, when it's still, you know, the weather's questionable, it's rainy, it's cold. We're able to be indoors in their warehouse, their truss warehouse in Murphy to build beds too. And we've gotten a lot of quilts. There's a uh, Hugo's Ladies Club schoolhouse oh, quilters. Yes. Um, Wonderful, beautiful quilts. Yeah. And it and Gorgeous. giving the bed and stuff to the kids and then on top of it you're giving them this handmade quilt um that's just theirs and it's their special thing that they get to have. That someone made specially for them. Yeah, and they yeah. and the the club did a fundraiser last year with a, a quilt and a raffle and they wanted to donate the money to us and um, we didn't know what to expect and went to breakfast with them and they got us enough, raised enough money to build six beds, complete beds. And that's incredible. We were just blown away by the support um, and all the individuals out there that have been donating bedding to us just all over the place. I, I sorry, I can't name everyone, but yes. again, without your support, there's no way that, that any of this would be possible. Well, this has been great. I, uh, I'm really glad you guys got to come over. And I think the timing worked out nicely, too, because I know we talked, Nathan and I talked quite a while ago about uh, potentially doing something. And I'm, I'm actually glad it didn't happen then and it happened now because you guys mm-hmm. have your big build coming up. And I think the timing is just good. And, and you got to be the first guest on the Truthful Couch. What do you guys think? Is, yeah. it, is it a keeper? Should we keep it? I, I, I think so. It's it's awesome for me, but boy, you wound up you wound up getting a lot of chit chat out of us, right? And the, for two people who say, "Well, we don't really talk that much," we're creeping on one of the longest episodes ever. You, <laughs> unless we cut it off soon, we're going to pass Ashley's episode that was almost two hours. So oh my goodness, my wife I'm probably so thinks we got lost. No, it's fine. It's all good. I think it's very important. I think what you guys are doing is amazing, and uh, it's. It's a very special thing. It's that obviously. it's that long of an episode, and we're actually I made myself some notes. We're only halfway through my notes, so <laughs> so if anyone out there wants to hear the rest of the story, <laughs> go to our Facebook page and message us. Yeah, because there's some pictures there about some other things that you guys have done. Whether it was uh, I saw the disaster relief build in Pasadena and the Rose Bowl oh, parking yes. lot, and so there's much more. And maybe we'll just have you guys back one of these times, and you know, see how things are going and. And uh, who knows where the story goes from here because you never know who's going to come out of the woodwork. Uh, see what I did there? And uh, you never know how it's going to grow and what it's going to look like a year or two years from now. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks for making time on a Saturday morning because it was, it was what, 845-ish when we got started? And, and uh, it's after 11, believe it or not. Wow. So we, we appreciate any opportunity to talk about SHP. So we'll be back anytime. <laughs> well, it was nice to sit down with you and uh, keep up the great work. And uh, it, it's amazing work that you guys are doing. Thanks for helping out with our St. Jude efforts. Oh, that's gosh, greatly that was appreciated. fun too. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? That was just a few months ago. And now it's, uh, yeah, it was, oh. seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it, was, it does. It was so funny. We were helping out and uh, just anyone who's listened to the Radiothon and it, they just have a lot of impactful stories so it's a little bit of emotional time and um we were there and and did we're answer jan and i were answering phones and then we were leaving 
and um, Jason came out of the studio across the parking lot to say hi to us and never met this guy in my life and again back to a very emotional day and he puts his hand out to shake my hand and I it wasn't even a bro hug I just kind of went in for a whole full-on <laughs> hug with him and I'm like man and then I we're leaving and I'm like uh, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was a little much. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. It's all good. It's usually me doing that. So. That's hilarious. Yeah. Who knew that a month later we wouldn't be able to hug people for yeah. six months or whatever it's been. Crazy. Even though I kind of break the rules occasionally now. So yeah. whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome, and I uh, hopefully look forward to getting you get to know you guys better. And it's been a real treat, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Very all right. Much. Episode 42 here in the garage, and this is the part where I always struggle. So here we go. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, just about everywhere, garagetalkpodcast.com. And uh, Nathan and Jan Olson, our guests today, and uh, check them out. Check out their Facebook page. They're spreading lots of good love in our community and people uh, all across the country doing great work. So check it out. Instagram and uh, Facebook, give it a follow, give it a review, give it a like. It helps more people find it and uh, spread the good word out there. So please do so and uh, leave a rating. And with that said, I have to pee. So I'm going to go and we'll be, be, uh, be back here in the garage soon. Thanks.